Howdy, y'all, and welcome to the 50th episode of the Cyber Ranch Podcast. We've got a breakdown of the top five most downloaded shows and some great guest appearances coming up. We've also got a very special show in the fact that we've got stats from all of the 49 previous shows, summaries and analysis of guest comments, and answers to the recurring questions I always ask guests at the end of each show. We've also got some crowdsourced suggestions for the show from various listeners, some really great feedback, and I've got a few very important thank yous to issue to a few folks as well. Without further ado, let's kick this thing off. Welcome to the Cyber Ranch Podcast, recorded under the big blue skies of Texas where one CISO explores the cybersecurity landscape with the help of friends and experts. Here's your host, Alan Alford. All right, guys, I've got to genuinely give thanks to all who have supported this show. By sponsoring, by helping produce it, by editing, by designing artwork, and most importantly, by appearing on the show. I'm not under any illusion that the strength of this show rests on my shoulders. I try my best to find guests who are informative, wise, smart, knowledgeable, and so far I have done just that. I want to give a big thank you to each and every one of my wonderful guests. So let's start with our top five shows thus far. We'll start with the countdown. The number five most downloaded show of the Cyber Ranch podcast is Agile for Security Programs with Tim Rohrbaugh over at JetBlue. In this show, Tim introduced his usage of the Agile method of software development as a tool to manage programs within his security team. This is a very clever approach towards managing security projects and programs and encouraging the entire team to participate. I met with Tim just recently, and we had a, and he had a few additional comments for us, so let's give it a listen. Well, Tim Rohrbaugh, I wanted to congratulate you on being a top five show on the Cyber Ranch podcast. A lot of downloads of our episode. We talked about your approach of using the agile program develop, you know, pro- programming methodology, the the you know, programming uh, coding methodology, and applying it to the security program itself. And you had talked about some large and some small projects and how anyone on the team could initiate an agile project. And it seems like you were having some great successes with it. I uh, just wanted to a congratulate you and b check in and see where the heck uh, where the heck are you at? Well, thanks. I definitely appreciate it. And you know, the, using the agile process or program methodology for managing security improvement—that's it's it, for us. It was novel, but it also matched up with the concept of just being very quick to make small changes and not make any long-term bets on criminal activity. So this year is all about you know putting that in place and making sure that it's orchestrated by our threat intel team. Any closing thoughts, any parting thoughts for our listeners, comments about the show, comments for the listeners? You know, you've, you, 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 you clearly resonated and struck a nerve with this Agile thing. Yeah, well, invite me back and we'll cover some other topics. But yeah, absolutely. You know, I really, really enjoyed the, the discussion. And obviously, you got it, you know, and, and you've been talking with obviously a lot of folks and know whether something's novel or not or whether something has legs. And I think we both think, you know, it's... Um, it's an interesting approach, especially in this world where you never know from week to week what's going to end up being, you know, the attack du jour or the vulnerability du jour. Right. I love it. Well, Tim, congratulations once again on your top five status, and uh, thank you for revisiting with us. Absolutely. Okay, before we continue with the top show's countdown, let's switch gears a little bit here. For the first two-thirds of the year or so, I asked every guest on the show, What keeps you going in cybersecurity? 
I got back a very diverse set of answers, but there was also some overlap here and there. I compiled every single answer from every single guest. Yes, I had to go back and listen to all 49 shows. <laughs> and a top three bubbled up to the surface. So we'll start with the number three most common answer to the question of what keeps you going in cybersecurity. And the answer was the community and the people. Many of my guests commented on the fact that cybersecurity is full of folks who share and support one another, despite the reputation of us all being paranoid and tight-lipped. Um, everybody said they, they, they felt welcomed into the community, that they feel like the other peers in the community will, will share good information and help them when they're stuck, that there's a lot of communication. There's Slack channels and email lists and meetups and, and conferences and just folks really feel like the community and the people in the cybersecurity industry are, are a great boon and, and a great resource and great folks to work alongside. So I thought that was fantastic. Uh, switching gears again, we got some suggestions for the show that came in. We'll pepper these throughout this show uh, from a variety of sources. First of all, we had Matthias Erhard, who's the BSO over at NTT Data Services. And he said, how about adding a five minutes of Q&A section at the end of the show where you ask listeners to submit questions and comments uh, to the show uh, and answer questions asked from the previous shows even? Uh, I think this is a fantastic idea. I think some more interactivity would be great. I think you, the listener, would appreciate having a little more interactivity. So I think we're going to give this a try, and we're going to start doing a little bit of Q&A at the end. We'll ask some questions uh, at the next show, and we'll have some answering of those questions at the show after that. So we'll kick this off on the 51st episode. Great suggestion, Matthias, and thank you very much for giving us that one. Next, we have John Green. Chief Security Officer at Aruba, a Hewlett-Packard Enterprise company, who said he'd like to hear some more from people who are adjacent to the CISO. Lawyers, PR and comms, Chief Privacy Officer, CEO, CFO, etc. He said all of these roles have very interesting takes on cybersecurity. And an interesting podcast might start with, tell me about the things you wish the CISO understood about your job. And I think this is a great suggestion. I want to point out we actually started this um, just a very recent episode where I had two CMOs. I had Julie O'Brien from Attack IQ and Nathan Burke from Axonius. And I got some really good feedback on that show. And that is, in fact, one of the questions I asked them is, what do you want your CISO audience to know about you and your role? So I think we're going to try to continue that. Uh, folks, if you've got suggestions for any of these folks uh, from these other roles, privacy officers, marketing, PR and comms, lawyers, CEO, CFO, if you've got some good suggestions for me of folks who might want to appear on the show, hit me up on LinkedIn and send me some suggestions. If you're not following me on LinkedIn or LinkedIn with me on LinkedIn, shoot me a connection request. I'm glad to connect with everybody who listens to the show. Uh, get me some feedback, make some recommendations, and tell me some folks that we can uh, – get on the show to help uh, fulfill this request that John gave us. All right, returning to our top lists. The second question that I asked my guests throughout the year was what surprises you the most in cybersecurity? And our number three answer to that question is how prevalent and universal cybersecurity has become. In other words, that the mainstream business knows who we are and what we're, uh, what we're about, or at least roughly, and even the mainstream culture, the fact that uh, you can talk to a grandma in line behind you at the store and she knows something about debit, you know, debit card fraud. And she knows that there's cybersecurity people that are out there trying to protect her interests and keep her emails from getting hijacked and, and whatever it might be. The, you know, cybersecurity has risen to a certain level of awareness in our culture and our society as a whole. And I think that's a it's a great thing. Uh, and I'm not surprised at all that that was our number three answer. 
All right, it's time for me to thank some folks. Uh, I had a brief chat with Chris Cochran and Ron Eddings from Hacker Valley Media. They're the ones who, uh, you know, sponsored my show and got me set up with a with a home for my new show. Uh, provided me with the staff to help me with editing and all kinds of good stuff. And I just wanted to thank them and thank all the folks who participated in the show. So here's a little bit of a snippet from a conversation I had yesterday with Chris and Ron. Well, Chris, Ron, I wanted to thank you guys so much on my 50th show special here. I I felt the need to bring the both of y'all onto the show and thank you from the bottom of my heart. Uh, I had a successful podcast before, but I was still an unknown quantity as a solo operator and you guys welcomed me to the fold, brought me into the Hacker Valley family and, uh, and, and propped me up and got me started. And to that, I owe you guys a great debt of gratitude. So thank y'all so much. No, thanks for trusting us with, uh, with your baby. I can't believe it's been 50 episodes already. Right. That's crazy. That was so quick. Yeah. It's uh it's a year. A year has gone by. <laughs> it's hard to imagine. You know, the the one of the best parts about just this year and working with you like has been onboarding, right? Not only have we been able to onboard a new show, support you throughout this journey, but also onboard a new friend in our life. I feel like it, later in life you don't really get this opportunity to make great friends and get to know someone as a human, and that's exactly what we've been able to do together. I appreciate that. I'm I I value you guys on a personal level too, not just professional, for real. Like I'm I'm grateful that we've connected and met and and you're right. Grown-ups have a tough time doing this. I was joking with my wife the other day that when you're kids, it's like, you know, hey, you can borrow my crayons. Let's be friends. <laughs> yeah. You know, you can eat my crayon. We're really good friends and and like adults don't have those protocols. Like at what point do two adults decide, okay, we're friends, right? Like Right. Yeah. <laughs> the rules are obvious in kindergarten. <laughs> <laughs> it's so easy when you're a kid. I got a question for you. What was it like before joining the Hacker Valley family, like coming in? What would you what did you expect to be different? And what was just kind of like a no brainer for you when you came over? Yeah. So, you know, keeping in mind, I had done a show before. I had a partner who I enjoyed working with. By the way, shout out to David Spark. Uh, his his podcast world is going strong as well. And I'm grateful to see he's still chugging and slugging. Um, but I wanted to break out and start my own thing. I wanted to own my own RSS feed, so to speak, um, literally and metaphorically. Um, and so I really didn't know what I was getting into. I just knew that I could use some help from people that had done it before. I knew I didn't want to fly completely solo, that I needed some air cover, some overhead and some assistance and, you know, didn't really know what to expect from you guys. We started talking it through and, you know, we'll do some of this, you'll do some of that. And it's ended up being exactly what, uh, I think it needed to be. Um, I'm not sure if it's what I expected off the bat, but I'm not sure what I expected really. Um, (laughs) but you know, I, I think it's, I think it's what it needs to be. And, you know, shout out to everybody at Hacker Valley that helps out too. Jennifer Cochran, Sam Burns, uh, Alex, and I'm going to mangle her last name, so I'm just going to say Alex, our designer. (laughs) Um, You know, we got some great talent, some great people. Y'all have brought a lot of folks together to help enable not just my show, but but all the Hacker Valley shows. And it's been a a wonderful treat. It really has. Yep, absolutely. And I think you've made it a lot easier. You were the first show that we brought on that wasn't hosted by us. So mm-hmm. there was some trial and error that we had to learn on our end too. Um, and to that, you know, onto that same question about what was the same, what was different, what do you think was the big biggest learning lesson for you for this past year? Ooh. So David always warned me how much work there was in all the physics around the show. Like I used to show right. up, record, and leave. <laughs> and he warned me there is so much work outside of that process. And he was right. There is so much work outside of that process. Even with you guys helping, I still find myself like 
falling behind. I try to keep a buffer going and I try to maintain three, four shows of readiness at all times. But, you know, things like Christmas vacation hits and I wanted to have some downtime with my family. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh, my goodness, if I don't record somebody now, I won't have a show next week. And it just, you know, <laughs> on and on it goes. So I, I think the the hustling, the the making sure the shows are in the pipeline, coordinating with the editor, giving the editor enough time, you know, bless Sam's heart. I, I dump stuff on him last minute, uh, unfortunately, more often than I'd like to. Um you know, and, and just queuing up the guests and getting the shows prepped and ready. Um, and I think the overhead of finding the sponsors has been a, you know, you guys have been a tremendous boon for that. Um, and, and I guess that's really it. It's, it's mostly just the, uh, the sheer amount of non-recording physics that goes into recording a weekly show. <laughs> yep. Yeah. You know, looking forward for myself, I'm hoping that we can... One of the mantras that Chris and I have been saying is do dope stuff with dope people. Like we want to really make an impact with others and we want to have fun doing it. And I think like that's what I'm looking forward to most this next year is bringing more content, making it more entertaining, more, more educating, you know, mm -hmm. really helping the community, but bringing on the people that don't have the voice or don't have the platform to speak just like you did. Like you brought this idea of a podcast and said, I have this idea. Mm -hmm. And you were able to bring it to life and you've kept it going. So like, what are, what are some of the things that people can look forward to next year um, in 2022? You know, I was hoping for my 50th show to be able to publish all my diversity stats. Um, mm. But I realized um, I'm making some assumptions there and I don't have the full analysis done in time for release. It requires a, a, a deeper sense of thought, I think, than what I initially gave it. Uh, and I want to do that though. I want to get those stats out there. I want to be transparent. I want to be measured. Uh, I want to share with the world. Here's my diversity stats in terms of gender, in terms of race, all these other factors. So I'm working on that in the background. Stay tuned audience that will be coming. And I, I say all that because I'm really pushing hard on this show for 2022 to improve my diversity stats. And I don't think they're bad to begin with. I really don't. Um, diversity for viewership? Yeah, uh, for, for guests, for the guests on the show. Because, um, you know, Ron, okay. Ron used the phrase giving people a voice. Or I think that might have been you, Chris. It said giving people a voice. And that's precisely what I'm trying to do with this show. It's, it's always been about sharing and education and, and bringing value to other practitioners in the cyber community. That's always been the goal. But specifically, I've always championed the underdog, right? I've always been an underdog guy. And to me, if there's an underrepresented group, person, uh, category, demographic, whatever you want to slice and dice and however you want to see it. If there's a group who historically doesn't have that voice, who doesn't have a platform to bring that voice, um, and, and maybe even this trickles all the way down to people afraid to enter cyber in the first place, afraid to enter the industry because there's nobody like them there already. I would like to find all the thems that are there already and get them on my show. And, and I want to see, yeah. I want to see anybody underrepresented on display, proudly recognized and, and lauded for their accomplishments and their achievements, sharing their wisdom, sharing their learnings, but also being out there in front of everybody to say, hey, if you're like me, look, I did it. You can do it too. Come on board. And I want to see more and more and more people joining cyber uh, and joining the InfoSec community simply because they heard a killer guest on my show. That If I could pull that off, that's the single biggest victory I think I can pull off. Yeah, there Love you go. It. Well, gentlemen, thank you all so much again. Uh, couldn't have done it without you and wanted you all to have a moment on the 50th show. And uh, thank you guys again for jumping on with me. Absolutely. It's an honor. Looking forward to 50 more. Right on. <laughs> yep. All right. Let's keep going with our top five show countdown. The number four show 
was fair from the trenches with Drew Brown. Drew has held various IT and security leadership roles. Uh, he's rather practiced with using fair. And uh, it was a fantastic conversation with him. I had him uh, visit with me again just yesterday, and we chatted a little bit about his episode, and I thought you guys could hear from him. So, Drew Brown, I wanted to congratulate you on being one of the top five shows so far. This is our 50th show special, and I've gone back and looked at all the shows, and you made the top five, sir. So what have you been doing since we recorded uh, Fair from the Trenches, man? Well, see, I did a bunch more uh, analysis, quantitative analyses, and then I actually transitioned jobs back in November. I'm now working for the Federal Aviation Administration, uh, doing more cyber, well, not really cyber stuff, but um, took your advice on something. Do something that you're 70% confident in and 30% not so much. So I'm doing information security development. So I'm, I'm not writing code, but I'm helping the developers write secure code. Oh, beautiful. This is a, it's a stretch for me, but... Um, I get to incorporate quantitative analysis as we're doing it. Um, I've already been helping out some of the system owners. It's it's been a educational experience. <laughs> Man, that's 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 brilliant. That's how it should be. I'm a huge fan of doing it that way. Like like stretch yourself, pick yeah. up something you don't know, and run with it. <laughs> that's uh that's fantastic man so congrats by the way again on on making top five like it was it was amazing i went through 50 shows wow. and looked at all the stats and all the figures and all the downloads and yours was one of the big ones and and i think it's because your topic resonated so well um it's not just that fair is out there i think people wanted to hear that from the trenches view so i want to thank you again for bringing that that real world grounded fair perspective um any thoughts about the show you want to share you know there's some i i uh, I went back and listened to it again myself fairly recently. And one thing, I, I don't know if I re pointed this out, that FAIR is just a model. It's not like a framework where you have to start at point A and work yourself through B, C, D, E. If you just need one piece of it, then just do that one piece of it. If you just need to do the quantitative analysis around the impact, then just do that. Um, if you're still comfortable nice. doing a subjective uh, probability, then just do that. But if you've got the data you've got the resources, you've got the time, then you can go all in and do the full thing. I don't know if I spelled that out when we spoke last time, but that's that's something I'm finding more and more. It's like I can still be more accurate with my risk analysis and I don't have mm -hmm. to do the full bore, all of it. So, Yeah, any, any of it's better than none of it, right? Exactly, exactly. That's fantastic, man. Any, uh, any last thoughts for our listeners? Well, let's see here. So, um, the, the one thing I really enjoy about the Cyber Ranch is like you bring in quality, not me, uh, you bring in some quality <laughs> guests, <laughs> some people who really know what they're talking about. Again, not me. Um, and uh, I've really enjoyed the show, all 50 episodes, everyone I'm coming away with like, man, I got to figure out how I can implement that one thing because that's that's going to be useful down the pike. Yeah, it's it's been it's been mind blowing to me, the sheer number of quality guests like I get kudos and credit all the time for, oh, man, you, you really know your stuff. And I'm like, no, I just know people. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I know the right people. That's what I know. Uh, and it's been I've been blessed. I've been so fortunate to have such good guests, including yourself, by the way. Thank you. Sir. Um, so thank you so much, Drew. Congratulations again on a top five spot. And uh, thank you so much for revisiting us here at the ranch. Right on. Take it easy, partner. <laughs> Take care. All right, let's pause right there for a quick word from our sponsor. Axonius has crossed the chasm, the first company to solve the cybersecurity asset management problem. Gartner has recognized cyber asset attack surface management chasm as a category in their hype cycle for network security 2021 report. 
Axonius gives its customers a comprehensive, always up-to-date asset inventory, helps uncover security gaps, and automates as much of the manual remediation as you want. Take a look at Exonius and give your teams time back to work on the high-value cyber initiatives they were trained to do. All right, I've gotten a lot of very complimentary feedback on the show recently, and I thought I'd read a couple of these now. I'm truly grateful and truly thankful. Folks who have given me positive feedback, uh, I want to share with you guys. I started this show because I wanted to give back. I started this show because I wanted to benefit the community as a whole. I wanted to help encourage people to come into cyber, to encourage people who are already in cyber to maybe consider and seek out those CISO roles. I wanted to offer, uh, by way of my incredibly brilliant guests, uh, wisdom and nuggets and insights and 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 just tips and tricks. Um, we had a we had a quote. Um, I, somebody somebody cited a quote of mine. It was something I said, and I don't want to quote myself here, <laughs> but but I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway. Um, the show where I had Nathan and Julie on the show, the two CMOS, um, we were joking about what every cyber vendor should be doing, um, and and what kind of marketing approach they should have. And and my my crack was that basically they should tell us. We're here to make seesawing suck less. And as flippant as I was being at that moment, uh, to a certain extent, that's really what I hope my show is doing. I hope that I'm making seesawing suck less for a lot of people. And I hope I'm encouraging folks who aren't seesaws to jump into that role. And I just hope that it's working. I hope we're giving back. And it seems like a few folks at least have given me feedback that uh, maybe I'm on track. Maybe I'm doing the right thing here. So Christoph Foulon, who's the co-host of Breaking Into Cybersecurity uh, and a career coach and a cybersecurity practitioner of many years, he says about our show here, he says it's like a great fireside chat with buddies. And I, I truly appreciate that. It's, it's meant to be that. It's meant to be a dialogue. It's meant to have the wisdom and, and, and the information that my guests have stored away in their heads come out in a, in a format that uh, is hopefully very palatable. Uh, and hopefully very friendly and very inviting. Uh, so, Christoph, thank you very much for that feedback. Uh, one more snippet of feedback here before we keep moving on our countdowns. Uh, Bob Henderson, founder and CEO at Intelligence Services Group. He says, having limited time and wanting to stay in tune with the cyber ecosystem, I search out podcasts that keep me informed, educated, and that provide me with some entertainment. The Cyber Ranch podcast with Alan Alford does all of that with sensible, no BS discussion. You need to add the Cyber Ranch podcast to your library. It is at the top of my list. Ah, I, I, I don't even know what to say. I, I, I'm so grateful to be at the top of anybody's list. Um, even if it's just one fan, if I'm his number one podcast, it encourages me and keeps me going. So thank you, Bob. Thank you, all of my listeners who've uh, submitted good feedback, uh, even the ones who didn't. Uh, even if you've just got good thoughts about the show and you're a regular listener, thank you so much. All right, continuing our countdowns, uh, let's see here. The number two answer to the question, what keeps you going in cybersecurity, is this, that cybersecurity provides ample opportunity to improve things, build things, and make things better. Uh, some of my guests commented on the fact that cybersecurity was a relatively new field, uh, and therefore there's a lot of room for building and creating new things. Um, some folks talked about the fact that it's really just a, a noble profession. And when we talk about improving things, we're actually talking about defending and protecting and really you know, stepping up and doing good things for society, for businesses, for the organizations we work for. 
Uh, and this opportunity to build things, there's always something new in cyber. There's always some cool new tricks, some new technology, some new open source, some new off-the-shelf. Uh, you can always, as a CISO, glue things together as well. There's always a chance to build cool new things as well. And I thought that was a great answer to that question. All right, switching gears, the number three show in terms of downloads is Behavioral Economics and InfoSec with Kelly Shortridge. Now, Kelly and I weren't able to connect this week to record a snippet, but I want to say this one thing. Kelly is one of the all-time smartest people I know. Having her on the show was a delight and a pleasure. And I got to say, I recorded several shows in advance before I launched the series. And I chose her as the first episode because I was absolutely gobsmacked by her thinking, by her articulation, by her ability to connect such complex and disparate ideas together and to inform cybersecurity with this completely different perspective from a completely different field. If you guys have not listened to that episode, uh, Behavioral Economics and InfoSec with Kelly Shortridge, please do go check it out. It's one of my all-time favorite shows for sure. All right, more countdowns. Our number two answer to what surprises you the most in cybersecurity. And this one was really interesting to me because I had practitioners. I had folks that were adjunct to the role. I had a number of folks, uh, all sorts of guests throughout the year. And this one really came up from a lot of different places. And that answer was just how freaking hard the job is. Um Cybersecurity is not an easy fight. It is not an easy battle. It is not an easy struggle. It is, in fact, a battle and a fight and a struggle. Many of us feel like we're fighting a losing game. Many of us feel like, uh, you know, all the improvements we've made in the world and all the great stuff we've done to improve our cybersecurity posture, you know, the bad guys have still got a whole new trick up their sleeves. You know, tomorrow's, tomorrow's bad guy trick foils today's defenses. And I think a lot of folks you know, have to fight that fight, have to encourage themselves and keep themselves going and find means to, to, to keep the charge. And uh, that was interesting feedback, just how hard the job is. I, I think that needs to be recognized. And um, I'm, I'm glad to see that that was one of the ones that bubbled up in our, in our top three list. All right, switching gears. Uh, two more suggestions that came in for the show. Uh, Christophe Foulon, again, uh, co-host of Breaking Into Cybersecurity, said, Explore including technical chats like the episode on SMS fraud. He's talking about the uh, the one we did on vishing, smishing, and phishing. Uh, talking about MFA, we, we covered a little bit about that on one show. Or recommendations for tackling uh, current problems like ransomware, business email takeover, fraud, etc. Christoph continues to say the balance of both the career progress and daily life stuff with the technical deep dives is great. So there's a call for more technical content. Uh, I have to say, Christoph, this is very interesting. I'm always analyzing my own show and producing the metrics. Obviously, I couldn't be having this show if I hadn't done a lot of analysis and, and roll-up of metrics. Um, but I found that some of our technical shows have actually been the least popular, interestingly enough. But I say some. Certain te technical topics seem to really resonate and seem to have become some of the most popular shows. So it's kind of a mixed bag there, which tells me... Uh, technical topics are great. I think Christoph's suggestion is good, but I also have to be clever and, and make sure that we're picking technical topics that are really of interest and, and that really resonate. All right, one more suggestion that came in. This will be the last of our named suggestions. We've got a list uh, later of, of kind of some crowdsourced ones that came in, quick snippets, but this is the last of the named suggestions. It, came, it comes from David Spark, uh, my former co-host of my old show, producer of the CISO series. And he suggests more nudity. 
To which I'm going to challenge David and say, given that this is strictly in an audio format, how do you know the show is not already fully nude? All right, all jokes aside, our number two show in terms of downloads is <clears throat> Measuring Risk with Richard Syerson. Now, Rich visited with me this week, and we chatted briefly about it, and I wanted you to hear a little bit from Rich right now. Rich, I was reaching out to congratulate you on being a top five most downloaded episode of the Cyber Ranch podcast. This is our 50th show special, and I just wanted to reach out and say congratulations on making the top five. Well, thanks, Alan. That's great. I'm, I'm super glad that people found what we spoke about um, of, of value. And, you know, it reminds me of my of the first book, you know, when Doug and I wrote it, we didn't suspect anybody would be that interested in the topic. We had no idea, which is something that we found important that we liked. Um, but now, you know, five years on, it seems like measurement and risk management and all that is becoming more and more topical. So that's great. And I'm excited to have uh, seen shared success with you. I, I love it. And the, and the message definitely resonated. The topic resonated. Folks want to know better how they can measure risk. I think one of the biggest conundrums we have as, as practitioners in the security space is exactly that challenge. How do you truly measure and truly articulate risk? And I think, I think our conversation and I think your book have, have done a great deal to forward that, uh, that capability for all of us. So well done and congrats. What are you, what are you up to these days? Well, since we last spoke, uh, a few things have happened. First of all, while we spoke, I was a co-founder of Soluble. We actually sold Soluble to Lacework a few months back. Yeah, yeah. So we're excited for that. Um, subsequently, uh, I've actually been able to bring a bunch of career and scholarly threads together. I'm now the chief risk officer for Resilience Insurance. They focus on cybersecurity or cyber insurance. And it's just really fantastic to really take materials from my, my first book, um, obviously experience as a, as a CISO, um, Actually, my experience, even as a honestly as a programmer slash data scientist, I'm using big air quotes there, um, to be able to help, right, and to bring it together in a way that's really tangible. Um, unfortunately, what's happened is you know with ransomware and business email compromise and all that jazz, uh, people are wanting cyber insurance, but because of the rise in that threat, it's gotten more expensive, if not in some cases impossible to get if you don't have strong enough controls. So you know, for me, it's just really been. Great, again, to be able to bring the various threads that I've just had a deep interest in together in one place. I love it. It sounds like you've found your, uh, you found your special place in the universe. Yeah, yeah, I think you could say that. Um, I'm, I'm excited uh, to, to do that. Another thing that's happened as well, um, you know, I had been writing my second book for quite some time. When you take money from venture capitalists and you take money from a publisher at about the same time, the... Uh, the investors win. So the book had been a really, yeah, it's been a really slow roll, but it's it's coming out in March. Um, I'm really excited for that. Um, the I, I'm just finalized what they call check of edit, which means the final checks. It's yet the printers getting printed up. The you know the book covers done. Got all my quotes in and all that jazz. So come March, uh, end of March actually, it's going to be uh, purchasable. Not that I'm selling books here. Um, for those of you who are aspiring authors, uh, unless you're writing like the next. Harry Potter or what have you, you're you're not likely to make a whole lot of money, but um, still excited for it to uh, get out there. This book's a little different than the first one in that this is definitely, gosh, at least 40 to 50% of it is actually code. It's a lot more uh, software development using R. So what, what they call probabilistic programming, which is kind of a fancy word, 
but uh, yeah, it's um, kind of the other side of the coin to my first book and it's coming out and I'm super excited. So it's been a, gosh, it's been a flurry of work here for the past few months. I, I, I think that's awesome. I, I appreciate and value so much the contributions you're making to this industry. Uh, any, any thoughts for the audience? Any, you know, positive message for going forward here in cybersecurity? What's your, what's your parting words of oh, wisdom? Oh, my goodness. Well, it's what, the best of time, the worst of times. It's really a great time to be working in security because there's so much need. There's so much real, tangible mm-hmm. um, need. Um, and I'd say one of the reasons it's the, I suppose, the worst of times to be in security is because there is um, a lot of breach as well. We And a lot of critical vulnerabilities are coming out, as we just saw with Log4j or Log4j shell. Um, you know, we're yeah. being worked to death. It's really, uh, you know, it's really hard to be, particularly in a CISO role. Um, but that's just a testament to how much value uh, there is in what you all in the audience do. I'd say, you know, you know, hang in there. And as always, I would say, you know, focus on measuring what matters. It's so easy to just do what we think uh, is obvious. Um, but I'd say, you know, question yourself, take that same skeptical mindset you take to breaking things, right? To testing other people's digital ideas and assuming they're going to break in miraculous ways. Take that same um, skeptical mindset and apply it to the security controls you're applying and ask yourself, how do I know this works? What would I see occurring that would let me know empirically, mathematically, unambiguously, that these controls that I'm applying are actually making a difference? And with that, that's really all I've got to say. And I'm super excited to have been uh, hopefully of some help to you and your listeners. I love it. Thank you so much. And it was good to see you again. All right. Continuing our countdown of what keeps you going in cybersecurity, the number one answer to that question across all my guests to whom I asked that question throughout the year, the number one answer to what keeps you going in cybersecurity was the fact that there was always something new in cybersecurity. Folks talked about things that are new to do, to learn, new threats to face, new challenges presented by the business, that there is always something new in cybersecurity and that this is one of the compelling reasons and things that keeps us going. And and you have to think about it versus some other industries. You know, I, and I don't want to disparage anybody. I happen to be a person who needs those new things and always wants those new challenges. And I know there's certain career fields where that's really not the case. And I think there's plenty of folks that want that predictability. But for me personally, this one really resonated. Yes, one of the things that keeps me going in cybersecurity for sure is the fact that there's always something new. Okay, some more suggestions for the show that came in. Uh, And this is just a quick short list. I'm not going to bother citing who sent them in. This was kind of a fast and dirty list of various suggestions that came in. Uh, Somebody said we should do a show on applying uh, MITRE ATT&CK and DEFEND. And I think that would be fantastic. I had the guys from MITRE Ingenuity on the show, and we certainly talked about some of their activities and efforts. But we haven't actually done MITRE ATT&CK and MITRE DEFEND and how to apply them. So that might be a great topic. Um, If anybody knows a good guest... Who would be really good for that one? Uh, Again, hit me up on LinkedIn. Shoot me a note. uh, Let's try to get someone on the show to have that conversation. Other suggestions that came in. How to write good job descriptions in cybersecurity. Ah, this is a topic that needs to be looked at for sure. Um, Another one, getting to the adult table. This is a a reference to uh, an American holiday tradition of Thanksgiving 
Uh, historically, you have so much family in the house that um, you can't fit everybody at the same table. So the adults sit at one big table. The kids are at a smaller table off to the side. And and the running metaphor in cybersecurity is that CISOs oftentimes are still at the kids' table and don't have that seat at the adult table. So someone wants to do a show on that, getting to the adult table. And I think that's a good topic as well we should look at. Another one that might tie into Christoph's suggestion about more technical topics is how do you secure that API? Uh, API security, APIs have obviously come to the forefront. Uh, infrastructure as code, uh, you know, cloud migrations and everything else taking place, SaaS and, 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 and all the other infrastructure as a service, et cetera. APIs have really come to the forefront of everything we do in technology. You know, I mean, the IT teams, it's not just a cyber thing. APIs are everywhere. And obviously that puts a burden on us as cybersecurity practitioners to really work on securing those APIs. I think it'd be a great topic for a show as well. Okay, our number one answer to the other question, uh, what surprises you the most in cybersecurity? And we should have gotten a hint on this one from popular answers to the other question of what keeps you going, but it was how open and willing to share the cybersecurity community really is. I, I think, you know, it's funny. If you approach cybersecurity from the outside, you tend to think of people as being paranoid. Uh, you might even have some tin hat wearers. Uh, you might even have some... Um, you know, close to the vest and tight-lipped uh, stereotypes and these kinds of things. But the number one answer to what surprises you the most in cybersecurity is that folks are actually willing to share. The cybersecurity community really helps each other out. Uh, we peer a lot. Uh, I mentioned before there's tons of Slack channels and email lists and distros and communications on LinkedIn and conferences and summits and all of these good things. And I really think the cybersecurity community really does share uh, you guys do a great job of helping each other out and lifting each other up, and I'm not surprised at all that that was the number one answer. All right, some additional comments that came in, uh, and this is just a random few from some folks that uh, gave me some direct feedback. I wanted to cite them and quote them because I appreciated the insights and the, and the feedback so much. Uh, Drew Brown, who we already mentioned was on the show, uh, he says, I love the Cyber Ranch podcast because Alan thoughtfully engages peers with challenges and struggles in a thought-provoking and lighthearted way. It's both mentally engaging and amusing. I'm grateful we're achieving both of those goals, Drew. He says, despite the tinfoil hat's reputation, cybersecurity sometimes has. It's good to exchange that for a Stetson. And I have to say I agree. Uh, this ties into that number one response we got. Um, we may seem like the tinfoil crowd to the outsiders, but I think we here in the industry know we're always willing to share with each other. Nixona Dube, who is a product development engineer all the way from Johannesburg, South Africa, says, I'm glad to share my review about the Cyber Ranch. He says everything there is five-star quality in a different league. Um, I am blown away by that feedback. Thank you so much there. He says, I've never experienced anything like this before. Every time after listening to your podcast, I feel elevated and inspired. Ah, like, that's my goal, people. Um, thank you. Thank you so much for that feedback. Ross Young, uh, producer of the CISO Tradecraft podcast, a friend of mine, uh, and, and technically competition, and I thought this was very sweet that he threw me a bone here. He says, the Cyber Ranch podcast is a great listen for cyber executives. It provides a thoughtful perspective on the unique challenges and opportunities that CISOs face today. Ross, thank you so much. Uh, CISO Tradecraft is a great show. If you guys want good, practical, just one topic at a time, bam, bam, bam kind of approach, uh, Ross's show is, is phenomenal. You guys should go check it out. Uh, another comment, again, from a, a friend who also happens to be a little bit of competition here, James Azar. 
Uh, CISO at large and also host of the CISO Talk podcast and CyberHub podcast says, the Cyber Ranch podcast is one of my favorite to tune into. Alan does an amazing job, and I was so happy to be a guest on the show. Uh, thank you, James. I respect the heck out of all your work, and I'm so grateful that you're, uh, that you're here to give me positive feedback as well. Thanks again. Uh, finally, Benjamin Coral, VP of Cybersecurity and Data Protection at Coates. He says, how does a CISO keep up to date with our particular trade or profession? He says, a few of my beliefs are by being a continuous learner, by finding trusted advisors and mentors, by listening to experts. He says, this is why I enjoy the Cyber Ranch podcast with Alan Offord as it meets all of the above criteria. And again, I want to point out, that's my guest, not me. Um, but that's awesome feedback, Benjamin. Thank you. He says, Alan brings on various persons, CISOs and practitioners, to discuss pointed topics which are relevant to any security leader or security prof professional. The conversations are light, yet they are truly insightful. The podcast allows me to learn new things or refresh things I already know, and it does it in about 45 minutes. And honestly, I'm always shooting for 30. I know we go over sometimes. Uh, Benjamin concludes, he says, they don't just talk about buzzwords. They cut through that and get to the meat of the topics. I always find it to be time well invested. Thank you, Benjamin. I certainly hope all of our listeners feel the same way. I hope other folks feel this is benefiting their time. Uh, I'm not doing this because, uh, you know, it's it's a living. I'm doing this because I want to give back, and, and I'm hoping to inspire, and I'm hoping to encourage folks to... Uh, to, to do better and be better in cyber. And I hope my guests and I uh, can contribute that. Uh, it's a big amount of hubris on my part to assume I can influence that and, 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 and be a factor in, in improving people's cyber game. But hopefully that's what we're doing here on this show. All right, folks, the moment you have all been waiting for, the number one most downloaded show is Becoming a CISO with Accidental CISO of Twitter fame. I met with Accidental uh, earlier this week, and as per with the original recording, we distorted his voice a bit to help preserve his anonymity, but we talked briefly about uh, his show, what he's been up to, and also I, of course, congratulated him on being the number one most downloaded show. All right. Accidental CISO, congratulations on being the most downloaded show to date of the Cyber Ranch podcast here on our 50th episode. I went back and counted all of the first 49 episodes. You were number one by a long shot. Congratulations on that. Wow. That's incredible. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's a heck of a thing. And, and it's interesting. We talked about becoming a CISO. And I think that topic resonates with the crowd. But also, quite frankly, I think a lot of people were... were you know, following you on Twitter and we're thinking, huh, I can figure out who this guy really is. Um, so I think there was some of that too. I think there was a lot of interest from the Twitter crowd to try to see if they could identify you. Yeah. <laughs> people, people try. Uh, I've been pretty careful with OPSEC. I, I think there's maybe one or two people that's messaged me and they figured it out over the last two and a half years. So there you go. Well, listen, last time you were on the show, we talked a little bit about uh, you were uh, switching from accidental CISO to purposeful VCISO. Yeah. Uh, how has that transition been for you, man? Yeah, it's It's been great. And it's it's actually kind of into a, a second phase of purposeful VCISO. Uh, when we talked last time, I was helping a friend of mine build a consulting company. Uh, and, you know, I helped him get through the, the first year and start building a team. And, and then uh, at the tail end of the year, again, I, I stepped away now to focus on building my company. Uh, so as okay. I go into 2022, uh, I'm gonna be slow rolling a little bit, kind of paying attention to mental health and those types of things for myself and, and keep 
keep uh, continuing to make sure that I'm recovering from the severe burnout that I had kind of accumulated, uh, so to speak, because yeah. it is kind of one of those cumulative things. Uh, but yeah, going to the next year, I'm going to be, you know, building that that for me and really looking to control the pace that I work at and what I what I take. But had a lot of fun last year building the company with him, build up a, a delivery team to five people uh, before I, I stepped away. So he's in a, a really good spot there going forward. And uh, yeah, looking forward to, to do it for me and and work more with with really small businesses and and folks mm-hmm. that are are looking to uh you know build their their security programs and enable their their very small businesses you know from you know one person shops maybe up to you know 20 25 maybe 50 at most i think is where i want to focus i love effort. it yeah taking care of the little guys yeah. that normally get neglected in all of this exactly. and taking care of yourself which yeah. sounds really good too yep that's gonna be a huge year yeah, that's. It sounds like it's going to be a great year for you. So, any closing thoughts for our listeners? Thoughts about the show? Thoughts about uh, hey, you who listen to the Cyber Ranch podcast, you might want to think about. You know, what what kind of closing thoughts or ideas do you have to throw out yeah. there to the crowd? Uh, you know, after I, I, I listened back to our our episode again and, and was reminded actually what a great conversation we had, and then I listened to Helen Patton's What Comes After the CISO, and it was actually a really good episode to listen to as well because that's been so much on on my mind uh, right now. But I think that the biggest right. thing on my mind with with folks just parting parting thoughts is is take care of yourselves uh, out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, as I stepped away from the company, I was at you know my friend was very very understanding. Uh, you know, both with me wanting to prioritize, you know, my needs and my family and that sort of thing and, and all that, but also just my mental health and, you know, my stepping away didn't impact our friendship or anything uh, in any way, which, which was great, but people need to take care of themselves because they're not, you, most folks aren't lucky enough to be in, in that kind of position and your employer yeah. is not going to be understanding when you tell them, Hey, I need a break or I need, you know, to take care of myself or, or what have you. So mm-hmm. take care of yourselves. The, 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 just the, constant, you know, one, two punch of log four J in December as we're yeah. going into the holidays was just a big reminder as I'm standing on the sidelines, thankful that I wasn't a part of it, <laughs> that I didn't have yeah. to be. Yeah. Uh, but there are a lot yeah. of people that, you know, they didn't have any choice and, and we got to take care of ourselves, take care of each other going into this next year and focus on, on mental health. I think is going to be huge because this has been a long couple of years for everybody in general and security in particular in our space. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. That's a great message for the crowd. That's a great message. I'm glad to hear you're doing well. I'm glad to hear you're taking care of yourself. Folks, listen to Accidental CISO. You should be doing the same for yourselves. Thank you so much, and congratulations again on being the number one downloaded show. Yeah, thanks, Alan. All right, folks. I say it at the end of every show, but I truly mean it from the bottom of my heart. Thank you, guys. Thank you for being listeners, for supporting me, for encouraging me, for offering feedback and suggestions to make the show even better. As we roll into 2022, I look forward to implementing some of these suggestions and to making the show even stronger. Thank you guys again. Thank you for hanging in there with me. Thank you for helping this show grow and go. And I got to say it, y'all be good now. (laughs) 